2: sexual health
0: how can relationships relationships evolve evolve with people as they grow and change i've developed like a lot of values through this journey like integrity and honesty and like fucking feeling your fucking feelings like even though like it sucks and it hurts
1: welcome to the curious folks podcast for those challenging the status quo in love sex and relationships my name is effie blue
2: and I'm Jacqueline Mislaw. And today we're continuing with our sexual self esteem kick and revisiting our conversation with Jocelyn Silva about how religion induced shame and prescriptive ideas about our erogenous zones get in the way.
1: I remember this interview with Jocelyn. For many, many reasons, because there's so much good stuff in that, but also mm-hmm. about how her story was so similar to your story. Yeah. About yeah. her, the way that her religion, her beliefs, her faith, and her practice of her religion mm-hmm. really got in the way of her sexual exploration and sexual self expression. And mm-hmm. she thought she's going to burn in hell just like you.
2: Yeah, and she sounds like an overachiever like me. And so, like if we were going to do religion, oh, we were going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, she was like all star. Yes, exactly. (laughs) She was all star Catholic girl. I was all star Pentecostal girl. I used to go to church three days a week. We were there. Sundays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And so yes, all of that messaging. And we've we've talked about religion on this episode before. We did an episode episode thirty-two. We talked about recovering from religious dogma with Maria Delafonte episode 42 we talked about mm-hmm. sex and spirituality in the bible with Deandria blaylock johnson and then we had DeAndrea back on episode 66 to talk about sex in the bible in the
1: bible in the bible mm-hmm. yes Woo-hoo, that was yes. amazing she was like quoting scripture I and just saying some of, like, yeah, some of that scripture
2: sounded like yes some of that scripture sounded it was like like soft core porn a little yes. bit we were like hmm. but i yeah so so we have been talking in the last few weeks about what is getting in the way of our Mm -hmm. sexual self-esteem and part of that certainly in my life was religion Mm -hmm. and (laughs) for jocelyn as well not only did it make me feel like my genitalia and first of all forget erogenizones that wasn't even a Mm -hmm. concept that i had but that my genitalia was wrong ugly dirty Mm. if you think that you're anything your sexual parts are wrong ugly and dirty you're going to treat it as such and Mm -hmm. you're going to think other people look at it like they're wrong Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. dirty and ugly
1: and you're going to let other people treat them Mm -hmm. like that as well so how would you be able to ask for what they want or say no or expect them to to treat your parts or you with you know love and compassion and respect and yeah. curiosity and if you don't if you think they're ugly and wrong you know it's going to be hard to set some standards for other people
2: yes as soon as you said that like something clicked in me in like my teens and 20s and the things that i just allowed to happen
1: Mm -hmm. that
2: I in the lack of boundaries that I had and Mm -hmm. yeah I didn't ever thought about that but that could completely be connected to the fact that I disassociated from Mm -hmm. (laughs) from my from anything that was sexual around about me even though I'm highly sexual there was such shame around it that it was just a big muddle of mess
1: yeah it's and also like when we are developed like our teenage years when we are developing and exploring our sexuality, those are like crucial years where we're open for all sorts of indoctrination. And if we get the message, if we internalize the message that sexuality is wrong and our gen- genitals are wrong and that our thoughts about it is wrong, like all that mm-hmm. wrong, 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 just going to put you in a place where you are not going to have, have any sexual self-esteem. I mean, you're yes. not going to have, probably not going to have that self-esteem, but it's definitely going to reflect in your sexual expression which is a part yes. of your self-expression of course
2: yes yes and you talk a lot about this you you've given a few different analogies of you about our source code right mm-hmm. and it, if some things are embedded in our source code and mm-hmm. so then it's hard to like you got to hack into it in order to like yes. to change that up you've talked about the skiing analogy how like if you keep skiing in the same space in the same direction then then that that is molded into the snow and trying to mm-hmm. find alternative direction sure. is really hard Yeah. So all of those things. One of the things that she mentioned, that Jocelyn mentioned in the conversation, which I love, was this idea of reimagining what the higher power looks like and represents. Yeah, that was big. Yes. For sure. It isn't until recently, like very, very, like the last few weeks recently, where I was beginning to digest that the higher power is not male. Like I know that. But there's mm-hmm. such, you know, Father God was like such a mm-hmm. thing. And so in my in my consciousness, I keep thinking of it as such. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about, I was telling you, I was on the beach and was thinking about vulvas. And I think because mm-hmm. we've been talking about labias and, and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about the source of everything. And I was like, oh, the higher power has to be female because it was the source of like, it birthed yes! everything. I'm and I was, sure. and so,
1: yeah, So yes. I appreciate
2: her naming that for me.
1: Yeah, I mean I've been saying saying this for a long time. If it says she created us in her own image, mm-hmm. right? It is the female of our species that gives life and right. carries yeah. life and makes life and gives birth. And so it only makes sense that she is a she god, you know. Yes, or non-binary. I'm talking exactly. about that, right? 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 Or exactly the or patriarchal
2: or, or, god? No, thank you.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't imagine. I don't imagine. Uh, the, uh, int- there's some interesting things like so. For example, it's ama- It's also amazing how so much of this stuff is like language based, right? Mm-hmm. So in yeah. languages where they talk about God, where they don't have gendered pronouns, mm. there is no association with you don't automatically associate mm. male with God, right? So, mm. uh, you know, my mother tongue doesn't have gender pronouns. So when you refer, when you refer to God in the third person, mm. there's no gender implied. Only in, mm. you know, in lang- languages where there are gender pronouns, when you talk about God in the, in the third mm. person, you assume a gender, right? Yeah, so that's so interesting. Does God have a gender or not? Are we just doing yeah. it because we have language? What, what happens if you don't have language? What happens right. in, in languages where there's no gender pronouns? When you imagine God, do you imagine God as a man or a woman? Right? Mm-hmm. Do you give human form to God? Can you imagine mm-hmm. God in, 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 a, in a higher power that is this, like, mm-hmm. you know, ethereal mm-hmm. being that does not have gender? Like, why do we feel so mm-hmm. strongly about? Assigning gender to a god.
2: Yes. So many things at once. There's like a traffic jam in my mind.
1: (laughs) I think what's coming up for me
2: is how we take things that can be bigger and may and prescribe what it has to be what it mm-hmm. has to look like and that was another piece of the conversation that we had with Jocelyn was around we have been prescribed a certain way to interact with our erogenous zones or our genitalia so let's say let's say even we do the work we do the work to get past the religious stuff to actually mm-hmm. now get involved in some sexual action there's like okay you pull this you press that you touch this you twist mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. they're, they're we're we're taught that they're like particular things that you do, mm-hmm. like you're like you're running machinery mm-hmm. in order to turn someone on and to have sex,
1: right? Like a control control alt delete for your sexuality, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, you're, you're, you're like your key combo for yes. your for your sexuality. I honestly think overall, both the stuff that we talked about religion and God and and also about the erogenous zones and and sort of the key code for our sexuality. I think at the root of that some of it is to do with our discomfort with uncertainty, right? That we need Mm. to somehow make it certain. We need to somehow Mm. be able to prescribe, right? I think that is also the reason why we assign gender to God, because we cannot sit with the discomfort of not knowing and not giving it a name. So we Mm have, we, we end up doing so, right? Versus Mm -hmm. just letting it be and sit with just not knowing, right? And same with the erogenous zones. Like Oh, it's the key. Like we need the certainty of a key of a, of like a key combo that's going to give you access to your sexuality because we yes. can't sit with the discomfort of not knowing with the, the unknown and the potential to learn yes. and discover and explore and, and yes. the discomfort of being a novice and not knowing and, and being in these sort of mm-hmm. shameful, because it's being prescribed that way, waters without any kind of, without any cheats.
2: Yes. Yes. Because for, I think for many of us in in a sexual space, curiosity can translate internally as being a novice Mm -hmm. and you don't want to show up in that space. Like you don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so instead of saying, instead of showing up, like I've had sex before, but I've never had sex with you and this Mm -hmm. body. And I'm curious about learning your body or Mm -hmm. I may have had sex with you a hundred times. But I'm still interested in learning what sure. feels good for you right now in your body. Yeah. We don't necessarily always show up that way because mm-hmm. that may look like we don't, right? I'm, I'm asking you because I
1: don't know what to do next. Right, um, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, I think yeah. we talk about this in the interview about I know for myself, it just depends on what mood I am in, where mm-hmm. I am with my body, where I'm in my cycle, where I'm in my day, mm-hmm. where am yes. I in my mood journey that things just turn me on differently. I need different I need a different key combo for different situations. So I think just knowing that's the case and being okay with it and and find joy and comfort and encouragement and curiosity and celebration Mm -hmm. and celebrating curiosity is the way to go.
2: Yes. Like remember you were saying that anytime we have a lesson, we should have like a little bell like boom, 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 boom. Like lesson (laughs) moment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's it. That's what's happening right now. Yeah. Teaching moment. So number one, it's not just about things going in and out. <laughs> yes. that's, not, that's not what it is. Number two, curiosity does not translate to you don't know what you're doing. Yes. Actually, curiosity is the way to show up in those spaces.
1: Yes. And there's no shame in not knowing what you're doing. Yes. I think that's also that important. True, it's okay if you don't know what yes. you're doing. It really is, right? Yes. You are, you know, you're with somebody, maybe you're having a sexual experience with somebody that is... Different gender than you usually do, or different, differently able than you're used to. And like, it's okay to be like, I don't know what I'm doing
2: hmm. Yes. Let's right? figure it out together. Yes. Yeah. Which is actually going to say, which is number three. Lesson number three is communication mm-hmm. is being able to, to be able to know what you want inside, to be able to mm-hmm. communicate that, to be able to change that and say, no, no, actually this doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. That does, you know, this feels better. Again, not something that I was doing at yes. all in my twenties. Yeah. I was just like, I am here to accept whatever you're going to give me and show up as grateful for it. And so I had to learn a lot of communication techniques mm-hmm. over the last sure. years.
1: Sure, sure Something just occurred to me actually There is a saying in, in Turkish That translates to And I'm going to try to do an elegant translation of this Because it's such, a, it's such a good saying And people say it all the time but like, throw it out there all the time They'll say There's no shame in not knowing It's a shame not to learn mm, mm. Isn't that good? Yes there's no
2: shame in not knowing. The shame is not, wait, finish
1: it. There's no shame in not knowing. It's a shame not to learn. It's a shame not to learn. Yes. Isn't that yes! great?
2: It's great. It's great. It's a great one. It's great.
1: I feel like that that could just be like on my, on my tombstone. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Heavy Blue. Curious, curious (laughs) folk. Yeah. Very curious. Realized that uh, it would be a shame not to learn. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. I think that that is that, the, the episode over that's the takeaway <laughs> thank you for joining us <laughs> yes. stay curious stay curious stay curious, <laughs> stay curious. like we're done now <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but that that feels like that's the lesson of the day yeah mm-hmm. so we go in a bunch of different directions with Jocelyn. Um, it was a really fun episode that deeply resonated with me. And Jocelyn was amazing. She is a sex and intimacy coach that works with women and femmes to break through their sexual shame and embrace their sex lives with confidence. And we dig into that and a lot more. Enjoy the conversation. <laughs> As one queer Latina educator and coach to another, hello. Hi!
0: Yay! So There's you... so few of us. I'm so happy we found each other. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, yay! There you are! All right, so now, because we found each other, I need to know. So please, like, start, tell us a little bit about your story, how you came upon this work, And the challenges that you likely faced along the way as being, I mean, I'm going to try my best to not insert my story because I'm sure just based on the things I went to your website, I've read your work. I really love what you're doing. There's so much about your experience that resonates with me. And so I would love for you to share a little bit about how you got to this place.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, First of all, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. Like I've been super excited for this interview. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So it all started um, <laughs> when I was very young. Um, just a lot of shame, 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 like growing up. Um, I went to Catholic school, through 12th grade. I never really had like a sex talk or anything like that. And so... My mom is from El Salvador, my dad's from Mexico, and my mom is very Catholic, and so I was an altar server, I was a lector, I won the religion award in high school, I got a $500 scholarship in eighth grade for being most involved in my parish, I was a part of the Dia Crucis every single year, like, I was like Miss Catholic schoolgirl. And, um, but I experienced a lot of shame around sexuality, and it was until I was like maybe 16 that I started dating this guy who wanted to be a priest and I wanted to be a nun, but we would like do things with each other. And it got to a point where like, I was going to confession like once a week and the priest literally had to like put me aside and say, you don't have to come once a week. And I was like, you don't understand if I don't come to confession once a week, I'm going to go to hell because you don't even know the kind of shit that I'm doing. And he was like, you can come once a year, like you're fine. But that's how intense it got for me. You know, just like this fear of God that I'm going to go to hell just like for being a sexual person at 16. And then when I was 18, I had sex the first time. My mom did not talk to me for a whole month because she was so uncomfortable with the whole situation. She found out it was a whole thing. So anyways, that's pretty much like where my inspiration comes from from doing all of this and then when i was around 19 my friend was like do you want to be a part of like this collective called coochie los angeles which was the collective that like focused in like on sexual education particularly for queer and trans people of color here in los angeles and i was like fuck yeah from that moment on, I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I fucking love it. <laughs> like, it was just so revolutionary for me to like sit in a room full of like 20 people and just talk about sex and like our sexual expression. And I think that was the first time I started embracing the word queer. So there's a lot more to it. But I think that that's like the gist of like the inspiration of why I do what I do
2: so many questions at once Effie I'm gonna
0: need
1: some- <laughs> I mean I all I could think of was just so many parallels from your story like this religious upbringing it's one of the things that you know um, Jackie and I have very opposite experiences I had no religious background my parents are like these like intellectual I wouldn't say they're atheists but they for us religion was just theology it's like something that you understood and learned about and learned about you know we spoke about all the different religions and in, in this very kind of theological, discussional kind of way. And then Jackie is like completely other end, very similar to your experience of like church and thinks that she's going to burn in hell. And, you know, and she's told these stories many, many times. And, and when I'm hearing you, I'm like, yeah, I like, I've heard this before. It's hard. It's hard and harsh. Yeah culture and religion and family and
2: ancestry and like there's so many layers of things and gender and you know heteronormative behavior and misogyny like there's so many things so much layered onto us that make it difficult because what I hear from your story and what resonates with me is that who you are what lit you up what brought you joy was in conflict With what you were told you needed to be, how you needed to be, what you needed to be in order to be seen as successful, as pure, as... And that inner conflict, to your point, just creates so much shame. Talk a little bit about how you were able to strip yourself or the ongoing process of stripping yourself from
1: that shame. Actually, I was going to add something because you're going to answer this question. The other thing that came up for me is from what Jackie is saying is, I think we are about to do a session on this in a couple of weeks, which is that you can't be, you can't be um, faithful, like, you can't be spiritual and faithful and religious and sexually self expressed. I think that's the thing. It's like you have to abandon faith in order to be your fully sexually self expressed self. I think that's the other conflict. Like it's not that you you've been told that you what you're doing is wrong but you can't have it you you, essentially you're not allowed to have both you can't have faith and religion and spirituality and the community that comes with all of that and be a sexually fully self-expressed person you have to choose one or the other i think that the message is that we can't yes yes, that's what i mean that's what i mean the message
2: those two things cannot live together that religion and and spirituality cannot live outside sexuality right but that is actually that's not true and it's it's interesting because actually the session so you are going to be joining us in the virtual curiosity salon on october 14th and the following week october 21st we have an educator her name is deandra black johnson and she's going to be doing a session on sex and spirituality and all about this conversation and so it has been something that we constantly talk about because a lot of the work that we do and a lot of our our curious foxes are dealing with balancing their curiosity and their authenticity and all of this noise that have told them that that is wrong. And so talk a little bit about that, about unpacking the shame.
0: I have so much to say about everything y'all just said. Oh my God, where do I begin? Okay. So I just want to Preface this by saying that I have a kick-ass relationship with my higher being, my higher power in the universe. Like I got my God box, I got stage. Like before this, I told my higher power, like I put this in your hands. Like this, this interview goes in your hands. But it took a lot of time, okay. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. But I want to go. I want to talk to what uh, Jacqueline was, was saying about like shame. For me, I actually, I feel very fortunate because the first time, my my, my first sexual experience was with this guy who was my boyfriend at 18. And I mean, like, it was super beautiful. The first time we had sex, he lit candles, he lit incense, he played 80s goth music, you know, we had like Bauhaus in the background, and super just like, sensual and like calm. So I'm like, It's interesting because I, thinking back, I think, wow, like I had this beautiful first time experience, but I was so shamed by my mom and the church about even the act of having sex, but it was consensual. It was beautiful. It was, it was so considerate and loving, right? Like I really, I did make love the first time. And so that contrasted with like, uh, my ability to be able to like be proud and be like oh my god I had sex for the first time and it was great and instead it was like you had sex skirt like hold on like that's not what we do as like a good catholic person so yeah so that was just like a huge contrast how to keep stripping from that shame well I'm a huge fan of Brene Brown like Brene Brown is my girl fucking lover mm-hmm. and it was incredibly eye-opening when I started seeing her lectures and she was talking about vulnerability and shame and I carried so much shame around, but also something that's very um, important to my story that I don't talk a lot about, but I'm slowly slowly getting more comfortable talking about it just because I think it's such an important part of me and I think a lot of people can resonate and relate. Just like I didn't get talked to about sex, I also didn't get talked to about having a healthy relationship with sex. And so I was a sex educator for a really long time, um, you know, 10 years. You know, I started when I was 19, I'm 30 now, 11 years. And through that, I started really developing a lot of unhealthy relations, like a, a lot of unhealthy, an unhealthy relationship with sexuality. I, you know, used masturbation as a way to like escape And, um, I cheated on all of my partners and I was really manipulative and was really not expressing myself. But I like under the guise of like, I'm like a feminist, like empowered, like queer woman, like, you know, I can do whatever I want. And I really hit like a really low bottom a couple years ago and actually got into 12 step program for sex and love addiction. And through that program learned like, oh, my relationship with sex, the way that I navigate the sex world is incredibly unhealthy. And so that's kind of when I had my spiritual awakening. And the beauty about 12-step program is how they talk to you about developing your own definition of higher power. For example, my higher power is not a man. My higher power is gender neutral. My higher power is queer. My higher power is sexually empowered. My higher power is compassionate and loving and funny and like has my back. And I've developed, like, a lot of values through this journey, like, integrity and honesty and, like, fucking feeling your fucking feelings. Like, even though, like, it sucks and it hurts, Like feeling those goddamn, goddamn, feeling of feelings, and it's just been, like, such a journey, and I think that, If it hadn't been for those dark moments in my life, I wouldn't be where I am now. And also, I I do feel like those experiences have made me a better sex coach because I'm not perfect. You know, I didn't I wasn't just like 18 and like I am like I got this like, no, I struggled and I fucked up a lot and I engaged in a lot of toxic behavior, which got me to where I am now yeah, that, that breaking down of the shame, it was really helpful just to be honest about people, honest to people. You know, I think we live in a society where we're not, compassion is not at the forefront of how we relate to one another. Judgment, ridiculing, and shaming is. So when we make mistakes, instead of saying, wow, why did you make that mistake? What happened? We're like, oh, you're a fucked up person. Fuck you. Right. And so just learning how to be like, compassionate like i'm human we all make mistakes it's cool how can we bounce back from this and developing this new definition of a higher being has really helped also i bring god into my masturbation and sex life orgasm i'm like thank you god that was awesome it was great thank you for giving me the ability to like express this pleasure because my higher power has given this to me so a huge shift but i was atheist for a long time but um there has been a big shift in my spiritual expression i also bring a lot of meditation into my workshops and my work so i will be conducting a guided meditation on the 14th because that's something that i find to be really an important part of my work with my clients
1: i mean i think you answered the question that i wanted to ask which is where where are you with god now we also spoke about this with marie de la Font, where she's she came from a very religious background and, uh, she kind of abandoned all, and like, it was a toxic environment. She talks about this extensively, and she kind of, where she is now is an atheist, you know, and she doesn't even acknowledge an, uh, acknowledge a higher power. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So I'm always interested in where that journey is. I think with Jackie, I know you still have, like, you go to church or mass or, um, I'm also ignorant about religion. I'm sorry if I say the wrong the wrong things, people. No offense to your religions, your faith, your practices. Um, I am purely ignorant about the subject, so I apologize.
2: Well, I say they're all the same kind of thing. They're all services and they're all traditions. Everyone just wants to claim a new name for it. So, um, but no, it's your, to your point, faith is still really something that's important to me. And it took me a long time to be able to separate kind of the God of the Old Testament, if you will, and God of the New Testament or the God of my upbringing, who was judgmental and punitive and the God that I believe created me and all of those feelings that I was having. And to your point around just feeling the feelings. Like, my God, how many years has it taken and continues to take for me to just feel the feelings? Because when you are taught for so long that who you are, what you are feeling, what you're desiring is wrong. It takes a long time for you to be able to tap back into that in a way that feels really
0: comfortable. Even now with my partner, I mean, there are times where like, I almost feel like I'm buckling into a roller coaster when I like... Okay, so there's this thing that I don't really want to talk about, but I really have to tell you. So, like, here it goes. And I'm, like, through tears, like, telling my partner, like, oh, this is how I feel. And, like, because the fear of rejection and abandonment is mm-hmm. so real. And then the partner looks at me and is just, like, oh, like, it's fine. Like, thank you so much for telling me. And But it's just that initial, like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to feel the discomfort and the anxiety mm-hmm. and work through it. Huge and very challenging. Yeah. What I love about
2: your story too is, is, you know, you share out that at 18, you know, no magic dust fell from the sky and you were like now the perfect educator, sex educator. And, you know, we're like the guru of sexuality that you learned via mistake that you dealt with, you know, manipulation and shame and heartbreak and all the things that human beings do. And I think that that's actually really important to share because I think that our humanity actually helps to helps us connect with others and helps us educators helps us as coaches because there's so many times I think that the folks who I work with they work with me because I can say oh I get that and I really do get that like oh I've made that mistake or oh I felt that distraught or oh I and so I love that you finally found that that was empowering that you have made those mistakes and lean into that in order to be able to be there for people in a way that is more human.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it's, yeah, the, the idea that you can relate in that kind of, yeah, that happened to me too, or, or, or I screwed up too, is, is powerful for sure.
2: Yeah, I'm interested in, Effie and I have been talking about this recently, You you shared in your story that it took you a little while to identify as queer. And that is not a word that actually I came to easily as well. I think that my... So I have a sister who is eight years younger than me. And she identifies as queer. And when she first started using that language, it felt like too... I don't know. It just didn't connect with me. It felt like either young... Or like, like my language, I'm almost going to be 40. And so queer was not a positive word when I was growing up. And so that was not something I wanted to identify with. And I identified as pansexual, but then people would start to say, well, but would you sleep with this person or with that person or with it? And it just felt like I had to explain myself, but it didn't really feel bisexual because it didn't feel like cisgender. And it just felt, frankly, so complicated that I was just like queer. Like that felt like a catch-all that I would have to. And then there was something about that that felt freeing that I was like, It's all the things and none of the things like you can't define me Um, just not straight. And so I and Effie and I have been talking about this because she doesn't necessarily she's trying to figure out what language she uses for herself. So I want I would love for Effie to share, but I want for you to start with how did that word? How did you land on that word? I'm just interested because
0: you named that. Yeah. Um, also, I have a 45 year old brother who's gay. And so he hates the word queer, too. He's just like, he's like that's what we were called in high school. And it was fucking demeaning and degrading. And I hate that word. And so even he like, he's like, I don't understand why kids use that word nowadays. Um, but yeah, so for me, I still remember, I never resonated with heterosexual. I'm like, I'm not straight. Like, it just didn't feel right I don't know just it never felt right and I remember just being like I don't know I'm just I'm just a sexual person like I'm just a sexual person I just I love sex like I love people whatever and then actually when (laughs) so funny story when I got into coochie and I did the application I wrote queer in the application but then my little 19 year old self baby queer in like a room full of 20 people we had to identify our sexual orientation and I was like uh I'm straight and I remember looked at me and they were like what the fuck you know like okay because I was so scared of like being like I'm queer you know so for me it's just like I don't like I, I feel like my sexuality is so incredibly fluid and sometimes these labels kind of feel restrictive like oh if I'm if I say that I'm gay like okay I only date like women you know what I mean I'm like oh I like straight. I only date men bisexual whatever whatever right so I think queer for me does feel really freeing it just also feels like I just like humans you know like I'm just really into human beings like I don't give a fuck what your gender is like you're hot you're sexy you got a great personality you're conscious as fuck like let's do this you know what I mean like why does that have to be a factor? I like guess for me, if I had to identify with something that maybe is closest, I would either be pansexual or bisexual. But even then, I'm just like, I'm a human that really likes humans. And like, that just feels more authentic and in tuned with me. If you're a human being, then you have, you have a chance with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love it.
2: Yes. Yes to all this. Yeah.
1: Sorry, yes. I, didn't oh, I mean this is the ongoing discussion we should do a whole episode on this I, right now i don't know why i don't identify with queer though i just got close to it when you said i think Jacqueline, you said just not straight which i'm like oh if i think about it in those terms i'm like that that resonates with me and then i think jocelyn we feel the same way i feel the same way as you which is this idea like if you're a human you have a shot and then, if people ask me what my sexual orientation is, my answer is um, is a cheeky particular. So, if people say what's your sexual orientation, I'll say particular, and that just means I am generally like particular about the people that I have sex with, but not for the reasons that that it has anything to do with my orientation. It's not that your gender. Or your sexual expression—that is, you know—that is, I'm particular about. I'm just particular about the people themselves, and 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 as long as they're a human being, consenting human being that I have the hots for, and that that could really mean like it comes in any shape, size, form. Then I'm, you know, that I'm game. But it's it's not like my my particularity isn't about gender. It's just about a bunch of other things. And then you know, like you said, if you're a human being, consenting human being, and I have the hots for you, yeah,
0: game on. (laughs) <laughs> a few years ago I remember I met like this guy at a bar and he was super hot and then like we went back to my place and he like chugged like a cup of be- like a, a can of beer crushed it and threw it and I was like great knowing you um I'm gonna go inside like you can go home because I'm like Ugh, a litter I don't want to like have litter. I understand like, particularity like there's like some things in a human that like I would Particularly like to have
1: if I am going to get you one of them. Don't let her. <laughs> Yes, exactly, exactly. It's like an intellectual connection. It's like value systems. Like there is just so many things that need to align for me. Um, just gender and orientation is just not one of those things. Mm-hmm. But there are just like a bunch of other things that need to align. So that's kind of where I where I end up. Yeah, and then the queerness thing. I just got close to it, Jackie with you saying just not straight. I am like, okay, okay, I can, I can maybe get behind that. It took
2: me a little bit. It took me a little bit. Now I'm interested because we're, we're talking, essentially we're saying it doesn't matter what's in between someone's legs, right? Like we're, it's their vibe. It's if, like you said, you're, you're, you're conscious, you are thoughtful, you, we have shared values, you're hot. And this is similar to what you're going to be talking to us about on Wednesday around it is not, let's not just focus about what is in between people's legs. And so I wanted to spend some time in that space because I've certainly been in relationships where sex meant, you know, what as Effie describes it, hard penis, wet vagina, like that's, those two things equal sex. And it wasn't until frankly, I started to have sex with women that I was like, Oh my gosh, there's so much more. So yeah. So let's, I mean, can you give us like a little sneak peek of what's going to happen on, on Wednesday? Like tell us, you know, what are the erogenous zones outside of the, the core areas that we know and love?
0: Yeah. So before I get to that, I just wanted to say it's so interesting to me, like the questions that I, cause you know, I get, I get a lot of questions on my Instagram or on my TikTok of people just like wanting to know things. And I always find it fascinating when people are like, you know, I get women to like, I'm going to have sex with a woman for the first time. And like, I don't know what to do. Like, do you have any tips? Like, what do women like? Or like, even men will be like, what do women like? Or like, you know, guys will be like, I'm going to have sex with a guy for the first time. Like, what do guys like? And, you know, here's the thing about genitalia and sex. Everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Tell you, quote, unquote, what a vulva owner enjoys. You know what I mean? Like Because that vulva owner is different from me. is different from my partner. It's, it's just different. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, the best thing to do if you're going to engage with someone sexually, whatever they have in between their legs, okay, is ask you know, what do you like? Do you like this? Do you like that? Does this feel good? Does that feel good? And that's just all it is. And I think that at the core, like there's so many things that we use for great sex, but really all it really takes. And honestly is the most challenging part is just having clear, open and honest communication. And it's like, if you got that, no matter what someone's body looks like, you can have great sex.
1: What I'm hearing you say is that it is about curiosity. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> Look
2: curious. Curious. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's just, it's true. It's just asking, hey, what do you, what do you, do? I always like to do like the restaurant analogy where I'm like, if I'm at a restaurant and the waiter comes to me and says, what do you want to eat? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, what do you think I want? <laughs> The waiter's going to be like, you know what I mean? But if I'm like, hey, like I would love the vegan burger with like French fries and the waiter's going to be like dope coming right up. And if the order gets wrong, then I if the order is wrong, then I say, hey, my order is wrong. Can you maybe change this up? Right. That's how sex is. Like, what do you like? I want to be spanked on the butt with a flogger. Wonderful. Oh, that didn't feel right. Can you do it this way? Awesome. Great. Now we're having a good time. Yeah. But yeah, no, so I'm super excited for the Orogenous Zones workshop. That was actually a workshop that I learned through Coochie. I talk about Coochie a lot. Shout out to Coochie. Coochie changed my life, honestly. It's just, it was literally a small collective of queer folks here in LA who were, who were like, we need to create spaces for sexuality around queer and trans identities. Opened my eyes. Beautiful. And so it's usually this workshop is done in person, um, I kind of switched it up to do it virtually you know, because of everything that's going on. But what this workshop does is challenge the ways, not only that we see erogenous zones, but also how we treat those erogenous zones. So, for example, I have dated people that are trans, that are queer, and the way that they treat their genitalia maybe is not traditionally how we have been taught to treat genitalia, right? And so... What this workshop is going to do is really encourage us to question how we want our body parts to be treated and to know that it doesn't matter the label of what's in between your legs, but it's about what you enjoy and what don't you enjoy, okay? And so that's a really big part of it is, like, everyone treats the genitalia differently. So, like, let's figure out what you like and let's talk about how you can have an open conversation with someone else. Another part of it is, like, figuring out other erogenous zones in your body, right? So there's going to be like, we're going to do like an anatomy. It was gonna, there's going to be like a, like a human person and not a human person, but like a, a diagram and just having people point out the parts of their body they like. There are different erogenous zones in our bodies. But what I want this, what this workshop essentially is encouraging is the notion that your entire body is an erogenous zone. And it's about understanding what you like and what you don't like, right? So, like, I can be, like, I love to get spanked hard on my ass. And, like, that is my erogenous zone. Someone else could be, like, I fucking hate that. Don't don't ever do that to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or some people feel, like I, like, I like really light touches in between my thighs. Or I really love, like, the back of my neck to be, like, massaged, right? So it's about understanding what you enjoy, um, the pressure of it, the type of sensation, and where. So we all, we're also, I'm also going to be encouraging participants to um, touch different parts of their bodies um, and just kind of see what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And um, that's going to also be really telling. And another reason why I love this particular workshop is because my biggest passion as a sex educator and a sex coach is creating spaces to talk about this. So, where are you gonna? Where are you gonna go work out at the gym? Where do you go for to shop for food at the grocery store? Where do you go to worship God at the church? Where do you go? I don't know to to get money at the bank, right? Where in society do you go to have open discussions around sexuality? Literally nowhere. So creating these spaces to be able to be like, in this space, we're going to talk about your sexual expression, and it's welcomed, and it's encouraged, and it's celebrated, is revolutionary. And that's what this workshop encourages folks to do, is to be able to say, I really enjoy X, Y, and Z. I actually know for a fact I don't like X, Y, and Z. And that's powerful. Because if you can talk about that in a workshop, then you can talk about that with your partner a lot easier. Mm Mm-hmm. And permission even to explore, to figure out what that is, so that you
2: can figure out, do I like the spanking? Do I like soft touch? Do I like hard touch? Like, let's just play and see and explore. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And I like that um, you're creating, like, you are giving the foundations and tools for a dialogue, because I can tell, at least from my experience, and I, I, I know there are many people out there who feel the same way, which is those things shift for me. What feels hot in one minute or what feels hot in one session might just be like, you the next like I might be in a state where I really like light touch in my inner you know my inner thigh with like the very tips of your fingers and then if you do that when I'm you know really amped up then it just feels really irritating like I just I'm just like ah, get it off me so I think oh, I'm giving people tools and guidance on how you can talk about the stuff and how you can discuss it and then you give them language and 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 how to kind of break it down I think it also means that it can be a continuous dialogue and to realize that our bodies our senses changes and then we can and it's okay to con- continuously update, check in first and foremost, like check in, is this still feel good and then be able to talk about it to your partner in the moment and then also for your partner to be able to ask the questions and then get feedback and adjust and it sounds like the way that you are laying this this session out this workshop out is really less about pointing out like this is a hot zone this is not a hot zone but more about like how do you have the conversations to discover your own hot zones and erogenous zones and and by the way they may also change so this is actually like a, a continuous practice.
0: Yes. And, and also, oh, I love everything that you just said. Absolutely. like when I, I, was, I did a blowjob workshop a few weeks ago, and I love this meme. It was like an Austin Powers meme. But I love it because it said, what is it today, baby? Spits or swallows. And I love it because it's like, what is it today? Right? Today, mm-hmm. i into this. Tomorrow, I may not be into this. Right? But it's about having that ongoing conversation. Um, and also, people learn how to communicate things that are acceptable in society. We learn how to order food, right? We learn how to do math. We learn how to, I don't know, there's just like forms of communication that we just learn how to do throughout our lives. Mm-hmm. We are never taught to learn how to communicate, how to express our needs and our desires sexually. And so workshops are like practices. Even more than that, we're not only
2: not taught how not to do it or how to do it, we are actively taught to be ashamed of it. Going back to what we talked about in the beginning, not only was I not taught how to ask, I was taught even thinking about it was wrong. Right. I couldn't even ask the question. I couldn't even give it language, let alone then learn how to ask that question. And so there's so much power in... Number one, creating space for the dialogue, creating space for, for play and for figuring it out and for curiosity and for people changing their minds. And maybe I liked that yesterday and I don't like that today. And just being present with someone, paying attention to what you like and communicating that, paying attention to someone else likes and being
0: responsive to that, all of it. And And also to that, there's a lot of layers, but I do just want to say, it's also understanding that if your partner tells you that something that you're doing, they're not enjoying, it literally has nothing to do with your value as a sexual partner, right? It's, it's about, they just don't like it. And like, that's okay. It's just like, just reset, redirect. It's all good. Um, because I do get lots of messages online from individuals that say, if I tell my partner, I don't like something that they do, they get mad at me. Or if I say something, oh, they're going to get, I'm scared of hurting their feelings, right? So then there's like that fear of like taking up space. There's that fear of like not being validated, not being seen, and also hurting someone else's feelings. So not only being able to at like give feedback, but also take feedback and learn that like it's not about you. It has nothing to do with you as a person. So if you
2: and your partner or partners should all come on October fourteenth, because I think that mm-hmm. this will really help give you both the language of how to communicate what you want. You'll be able then to have shared language to be able to have conversations with your partners around what they want. So let's make it a fun date night on Wednesday. Let's just yes. you know, like let's get cozy and let's totally. get sexy and let's come together and let's learn. Let's create that space. To your point, absolutely. We go to the bank. We go to the grocery store. We go to church. Let's go to the virtual curiosity salon. Right. Let's learn something. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited So I've decided a few things in this conversation I've decided that Jocelyn and I are going to be friends That's the first thing I have decided that you have to come back and talk more Because I feel like we just scratched the surface of your story Mm -hmm. And I think there's just so much more we need to dialogue about And I've decided that I, you know Effie and I started the conversation today Before you joined and talking about how I just get so excited and I can't sit still and I'm doing lots of things. And, and really what, honestly, what this conversation brought to me is about being present again, being still Mm -hmm. in myself, being still with somebody else and really paying attention to what's happening in my body and in their body and doing it with gratitude for my hower my higher power who, you know, who made all this possible. And so I am excited about Wednesday. I'm excited about Wednesday. All right. Before we let you go though, we are going to do some rapid fire questions. And so uh, first thing that comes into your mind. So the first question is, what is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self about love, sex and relationships?
0: Uncomfortable feelings are, are OK and they won't kill you. So no matter how afraid you are to speak your truth, you get because you'll feel better afterwards. Yes. <laughs> and that's great sex, you got to speak your truth and you can do it. I believe in you. Also, stop straightening your hair. You're ruining your
2: curls. <laughs> yes. I went back to my curls during COVID. Yes. straightening my hair, and I went to my curls. Can we talk about that? Yes.
1: So, oh, yes. my God. Yes. I am very pro curls on both of you. Yeah. Um, so, yes, no more straightening curls. Oh, such a good
0: answer.
1: No more. Okay, next question. What is one romantic or sexual adventure for your bucket list?
0: I, yes. Um, So my partner and I are currently working towards non-monogamy. So we're reading The Ethical Slut together. Also, My goal is to travel the world in a few months, hopefully when everything gets better. I would just love to have like a beautiful non-monogamous polyamorous relationship. That That is the next step in my sexual journey
1: nice so you've, come to right you right.
2: you've come to the right place yes um yes. okay so how do you jocelyn challenge the status quo
0: by being who i am i am i mean i'm latina i'm bilingual i am queer and one thing that i actually find fascinating is how many latinas i've actually welcomed into my space when i do workshops a lot of the people that come into my workshops are latinas and so Giving individuals someone that they can look at and say, whoa, she looks like me because I never had that growing up. And um, just being empowered in my identity, I think, is how I challenge status quo. Talk- also, talking about pleasure. Pleasure is at the forefront of everything that I do. So let's talk about enjoying sex. Woo!
1: Yes, yeah, please. To be honest, we searched high and low for you because one of the things that we were looking for—we always looking for diversity and representation and different points of views—and uh, we were looking for a Latina sex educator. And there are there there aren't that many of there aren't that many of you. So thank you for doing the work that you do. There definitely needs to be more. One of our ambition is actually do programming in Spanish.
0: I am all. You hablo español perfectamente bien, me encantaría. Yes, 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 yes. Let's do it. <laughs> I would love to. That is my dream. That is my
1: dream. Yes. It is also our dream. So you can be a part of our dream. It's been on our vision board. It's been on our, it's just about managing capacity, but it's definitely, we're looking for, I, I am, I've been passionate about this for a long time. Doing this education in, in Spanish, even though I don't speak Spanish, but I just know that there is a need for it. And I think it is in for the U.S. It's so important. Um, it is, it's, it's it's so, so important. So yeah, so it's, I'm, I'm amazed. It's just amazing to hear that. And thank you for the work that you do. Last question is, what are you curious about lately? Ooh,
0: um, I've been really curious about anal sex lately. So I'm gonna out myself and say that I've actually never had full blown anal sex. I can tell you how to have anal sex. I know all the tools and how to do it, but that is something that I've I'm like I've never just had. It's just never I have had the opportunity. So I want to like explore my booty a little bit more. So that's what I've been curious about lately. <laughs> now we need some booty love. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
2: Yay! Yay! Love that, Jocelyn. Right? Love just, just, just all the things. Yeah. Just all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Just before, before I forget, if if Jocelyn is 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 listening to this revisited episode, we now did an episode on pegging and butt stuff mm-hmm. with. L- 94. Episode ninety four. Episode ninety four. You have not fulfilled your anal sex bucket list <laughs> wish. Go check out episode ninety four with Lola Jean, and
1: maybe that'll help butt stuff. It's always a good thing to have on your on your bucket list. And yeah, episode ninety four is a good one. Mm-hmm. Like we said in the intro, show up curious, learn, learn about the butt stuff. <laughs> Learn about the butt. Learn about your butt. Uh, a lot goes on in there. Uh, fun and games for everyone. So yeah, a good place to start is we also have we also have a an episode on butt plugs as well. Yes, random right. pickup lines and butt yes. plugs. The famous episode. That's right. <laughs> that, is that's right. that was after our, our
2: infidelity <laughs> series where we needed exactly. a break. We needed something light. So there's a reference and a tool in case folks need it. Mm. One thing that I loved well, I loved many things as I said about that conversation but something that stuck with me was the waiter analogy that she used so that mm-hmm. you don't go to a restaurant and say you know that waiter's like what do you want and you're like I don't know oh, <laughs> I'm hungry, I'm hungry. hungry. Me. <laughs> right <laughs> exactly <laughs> that you say you know I want this thing Mm -hmm. But I think the other thing that you can do is also say, "Ah, I'm in the mood for something that is Mm -hmm. heavy or or no, I'm in the mood for something that is light or I'm in the mood for something spicy that Mm -hmm. we don't need to always know the thing.
1: Right. I think if you can't be prescriptive, right, if you are somebody who's uh, you might be in the mood and know exactly what you want. Right. You might even Mm -hmm. like walk into a restaurant and don't even need to look at a a menu because you're like, oh, you know what? I'm craving pasta. Like. Mm. give me give me your best pasta right you can be you Mm -hmm. can just know exactly Mm -hmm. what you want and you can be descriptive yeah you can be prescriptive and that's okay sometimes you just don't know you're not that clear you're like yeah like you said like i'm hungry i'm craving like beef and maybe Mm -hmm. like something a little like hearty on the side and you can have a conversation with your waiter to then like find the thing that will really satisfy you. And that goes for sex, right? You can say, mm-hmm. if you can't be prescriptive, can you be descriptive, right? Mm-hmm. Can you kind of lead people to the, to the ballpark of what you might be in the mood for and really enjoy discovery and exploration and yes. laughter and you know, mm-hmm. all the good stuff.
2: Yes. Yes, I, it makes me think back to the conversations that we've had with Angie Gunn in some of our mm-hmm. episodes where she says, ask for what you want all the time with no expectations. Yes. And mm-hmm. so describe what you want. You may not get it. You know, I was I was recently on vacation with my wife and we were on the beach and uh, we were in Puerto Rico. And that is that is my motherland, even though I realized I'm actually New Yorican versus Puerto mm-hmm. Rican. Like mm-hmm. like being from the island is different than being from New York mm-hmm. with, with, you know, sure. with family in the island. But While we were there She's like You know I want some Some real Puerto Rican food Like something light And fresh And Puerto Rican And I was like Yeah we don't do Light and fresh I (laughs) am just gonna say I've never heard I have never heard Light
1: and fresh Puerto Rican food I was like Oh tell
2: me more I know (laughs) No I was like I'm like You're thinking about Mexico And like ceviche And Uh thinking about Like pico de gallo and Uh I was like No 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 We do heavy greasy Like I can get you Some of that (laughs) And we can have Some mofongo We can have some You know Chicha we can have lots of things that, that will taste delicious. Right. But light and fresh is not actually one of the, it's not the things on the menu. But she asked for what she wanted. Yeah. I tried to be creative and think about what is the freshest thing that I could find and sure. the lightest thing I could find on the island of Puerto Rico but ask for what you want all the time. You may not get it, but at least your partner will try to get as close as possible. (laughs)
1: Yes, that's funny. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And and it's good language, good practice, good communication. And of course, always throw in some humor, right? Like Mm -hmm. if in doubt, if you're like fumbling around, can't quite work things out. I find that in those situations, the best antidote to to shame, best antidote to the discomfort of not knowing, best Mm -hmm. antidote to awkwardness, you just have to pepper it with humor you've got to find a laugh you got yes. to get it out there move yes. on yes 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 it's making me think
2: so in the spirit of craving things mm-hmm. and, and tmi mm-hmm. i have been craving some strap-on action for a while now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and i have been i'm like okay how do i how how do i make that Easier to happen, right? Do I like take it out and like lie it on the bed? Just like, oh, it's 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 so oh, weird. It's like right there. We can just reach it, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what, what I, is this I... doing here? what? Oh, my God, oh well, we might on? as well just use it. Is this oh, going I mean, on fair. me or is it going on you? Yeah. <laughs> and then or but now I'm thinking maybe I need to have some humor. Maybe I need to or maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. I need to figure out ways, creative ways to communicate and make sure that it feels easy and accessible to say. Like, hey, why don't we try this tonight? Like, yeah, why don't we order some Puerto Rican food and,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> and have some strap on do, it? Do you know what you should do? You should like follow the trail with like beautiful <laughs> chocolate, like beautiful, like really nice, delicate I was chocolate a trail of Puerto Rican food. <laughs> <laughs>
2: This is a little bit of rice and beans <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> followed by I don't know about that But sure, no, that right, not- whatever floats no, your boat you. uh,
1: um, I'm not going to yuck your yum Obviously um, My vision was a little different But I'm glad you were inspired by my vision And put your own spin on it And this is what all this is about um, You know um, Whatever trail is going to lead your partner To the right spot But like leave a trail <laughs> And send them on a bit of a um treasure hunt. But send them on a bit of a treasure hunt, right? And then at the Mm -hmm. end of a treasure hunt, they uncover whatever, they open a drawer, (laughs) they open whatever needs to like be revealed and then there's a strap on (laughs) Message oh. message received.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Well, I, my partner will either hear this before or after that. <laughs> so this might be the
1: communication <laughs> that's happening. Message sent. <laughs> uh, for the exactly. for those of you who don't who don't have a podcast. <laughs> Maybe some can also. Work.
2: <laughs> there are folks who don't have a podcast <laughs>
1: <laughs> these days. <laughs> <things> actually, no, <laughs> <I> know, exactly. <laughs> but uh, all good, all good. Um, that's fantastic. That's funny. I do. I. I wish you all the strap on uh, <laughs> you want.
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So yeah, so I love that that waiter analogy that really stuck with me. And again, continuing to find ways to better communicate. Yes. Always.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And the other things that really stood out for me, I remember when we were looking for her, we were looking high and low for Latina sex educator. And Mm -hmm. we were on a diversity kick. We had just sort of had a look at our lineup and we were like, okay, we really like need to do an extra effort on this. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to very consciously, very intentionally looking to curate a diverse set of guests and educators and we looked high and low for her and we found her and we were so excited and i mm-hmm. i really hope that there's more latina resources out there and there should be uh we yeah. will continue to have aspirations to do our programming in spanish like it's it's on my mind I know for I the know. u.s we need the stuff in spanish yeah I know we, and we, I miss
2: workshops. We did yes. workshops and that's what, yeah, we were going to do workshops in Spanish. We were going to make things happen. And then the pandemic, and then we got tired. That was, yes. we just, <laughs> we just yes. were like, I can't do, I can't do podcasts in multiple time zones and workshops that, that, that's a lot. True. We'll get back there though. We'll get back there at some it's point. It's on my mind. It will happen. Yes. Yes. If you missed the workshop, if you were not there and you want to see what Jocelyn facilitated for us around the androgynous zones, then you can watch a recording of the workshop on our Patreon. If you are a Patreon member, you are going to have access to all of the video recordings from all of our in-person and virtual events and conferences. So go on to Patreon get access, go watch that Androgynous Zone video. You can get access to our podcast before they launch to the world. You get some behind the scenes. What are we calling it? Like Effie and Jackie after hours where like Mm -hmm. we record and and we just at some point get so tired from recording that we get silly and we just start (laughs) (laughs) talking about other things and get much more TMI. So if you want to know even more about us, (laughs) And mm-hmm. you already do. Our last conversation was about our labias and vulvas. So if you want to know about that, you have to go to the Patreon. <laughs> and of course you do.
1: Not if you want to know. You do want to know.
2: <laughs> of course you want to know. Of course you want to know. And so go on to Patreon. To find out more about Jocelyn and her work, you can visit her on Instagram at I am Jocelyn Silva. And you can follow us while you're there. Also on Instagram at We Are Curious Foxes, you'll get a sense of what we're going to be doing next. You'll hear some clips from episodes. You'll hear some clips from our Patreon and then jump onto the Facebook group. That's where we're going to be having conversations about the podcast after the show. So We Are Curious Foxes will get you there as well. And we're hoping that you can help us continue to make a difference and change the noise. And the way that you can do that is by liking, reviewing, and sharing this podcast. It really does make a difference. And if you want to talk directly to us, there's a few different ways in which you can do that. You can give us a call at 201-870-0063, or you can send us a voice memo
1: or an email at listening at we are Curious foxes. This episode is produced and edited by Nina Pollock, who never gets in the way of us having an awesome, awesome time. Our intro music is composed by Dev Saha. We are so grateful for their work. And we're grateful to you for listening. As always, stay curious, friends. And I'm Jacqueline Mislow. And today we're continuing
2: with our sexual... S- bl- All
1: right,
2: it's going to happen this time?
1: Say Bloober sexual self-esteem. Broober. Broober. <laughs> broober. <laughs> now we're
2: doing them on purpose, so we have I great know. blooper. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, I know how to yeah. say sexual self-esteem. <laughs> yes. This is just to be funny. <laughs> All right, sexual self-esteem about how religion-induced shame and perspective... I had it! I had it! All right, one more time. This is it. This is the only scripted thing, so
1: I gotta get it right. Okay. Way.
2: What? Woo-hoo. I did it!
1: <laughs> I did it. <laughs> nice. Curious Fox Podcast is not and will never be the final word on any topic. We solely aim to encourage curiosity and provide a space for exploration through connection and story. We encourage you to listen with an open and curious mind and we'll look forward to your feedback. Stay curious, friends. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious.
2: Stay curious.